people and welcome to the Lemonade Budget for Champagne Social Butterflies. We're on episode 11 of this, the most aspirational podcast I can actually do. Yay, I'm your host Donna Scott and how are you? I'm flipping awesome, thank you very much for asking. I've had a week though, I've not been very well. Um, I think I might have mentioned last week that I was not very good. Um, Turns out when you have lots of things removed following um you know the removal of a large tumor and a, and a hysterectomy and your bladder gets torn you're very prone to infection i got infected so yeah i'm on the interesting blue and green antibiotics and trying not to bite people in milton keynes in case i turn them into zombies also i had thought i was doing rather awesomely at drinking my full quota of water a day GP has told me I need to drink 14 glasses. 14 glasses of water a day. Flipping heck. I mean, if I didn't want to wee a lot, I would want to. (laughs) That's a lot of water. But anyway, that's as much as I'm willing to tell you. I'm just really happy at the moment. Not I'm so happy I can hardly contain myself. But you know, you get the picture anyway. Really, really good. (laughs) Anyway quite content with my lot. Now I did think I would be feeling awful for having missed the first FantasyCon in quite some time if ever that is outside England because FantasyCon was held this weekend in Glasgow quite early on last year that I wasn't going to go to FantasyCon this year because I knew I wouldn't be able to afford it. Long story short I couldn't afford to go to FantasyCon this year even though it was in Glasgow and loads of people I know were going to go and it was going to be brilliant and it sounds like it has been awesomely brilliant. I think there's a few of my friends for various reasons have not been able to make it but numbers wise FantasyCon seems to have done really well considering you know that it has been held in a Worldcon year and I've been like just vicariously living through the experiences of all the people who have been there on Twitter. I was most eagerly looking forward to the British Fantasy Awards being announced on Sunday night. So that was yesterday. And oh, I'm, you know, I've been sitting on one of the results for months now. But you will probably remember me mentioning in a previous podcast that I was a judge for the short story prize. So the, the British Fantasy Award best short story prize was announced. And it went to the lovely Gemma Anderson, G.V. Anderson, as she writes, for the story Down Where Sound Comes Blunt. And it is a fantastic story about a scientist who goes to investigate a school of seeming mermaid people. And it's fantastic. It's just an awesome story. Very chilling. It's got that lovely horror edge that, that, you know, people who go to fantasy cons really like. And it's just an amazing story. So really, really happy that she, she got it and um, that I was part of that, part of that judging process. So well done, Gemma. And what was a complete surprise was my good friend Ian Waits. He has won he has won the Carl Edward Wagner Award. My good friend Ian Waits for outstanding contribution to fantasy and the world of fantasy this year. And of course, you... Because he is, he's awesome. My friend Ian, he runs New Compress, he writes short stories, he writes fantasy, he writes science fiction, he's just a lovely bloke, and, you know, very much a stalwart at 
conventions these days. And he always gives the best hugs. Now let's see what other lovely people won prizes. Oh, Ruth E. Booth. She won the award for best non-fiction for her column Noises and Sparks in Shorelines of Infinity. And Tasha Suri won the best newcomer award, which is also called the Sydney J. Bounds Award. The best magazine went to Uncanny Magazine. So, yeah, the best comic and graphic novel was presented by Muriel Gray, and that went to Widdishins Volume 7 by Kate Ashwin. I'm going to have to look that up. And then um, the best audio, the best uh, kind of podcast thing went to Breaking the Glass Slipper, which is an awesome podcast about women in speculative fiction, and that is hosted by Lucy Hounsome, Charlotte Bond and Megan Lee. Or Best Independent Press, their particular favourite of mine is Unsung, fantastic unsung stories. They do events and that's run by George Sanderson. Yeah, they're UK publishers of science fiction, fantasy and horror run by George Sanderson. They're really good. And then Best Artist went to Vince Haig. The Best Anthology went to The Year's Best Weird Fiction, Volume 5, which was edited by lovely, lovely, lovely Robert Shearman and Michael Kelly and published by Undertow. If you don't know Robert Shearman, oh, he's just lovely. He writes amazing short stories himself and um, he was also one of the uh, Doctor Who writers in the RTD days. Uh, he wrote the Dalek episode. Oh my God, that was an amazing episode. And the best collection was won by Priya Sharma for All the Fabulous Beasts. And that's another Undertow publication. They're doing well, aren't they? And then there's always one of these for the best film and television they always have one of these and like oh, who guess who's not going to turn up this year spider-man so spider-man won that and then um best novella was won by the delightful Aliette de Bodard for the tea master and the detective which i have yet to get around to reading but it sounds awesome so and then the novel awards the august derlith award for best horror novel was won by catriona ward for little eve and then the Robert Holstock Award for Best Fantasy Novel was won by Jen Williams for The Bitter Twins. So that sounds like a, a really awesome thing. What they do is they have this great big awards ceremony and they have it after the banquet. And I love going to the banquet. Basically, you just, you know, you know when you do like a Christmas party at work and you have to like pick from a menu. So like you like have your, your starter, your main, your pudding and then some wine. It's like that. And it's, but you get put on a table with... with with all sorts of people all sorts of awesome people and you have a lovely lovely time and get suddenly drunk and then they have the awards it's amazing i love it <laughs> i'm not going to miss out too much on the conventions the end of the convention season as it were because i'm going to bristol con just this weekend and i'm really looking forward to that going down on the friday and so i can i can bed in and i'll be able to interview people for this podcast on the Friday and there's all sorts of people so you know I've told you that there's going to be uh, interviews coming up and I did have the opportunity this Wednesday to interview Ian Waits you know the prize winning the award winning Ian Waits I was going, going to be able to interview him this week but I went to my writing group as per normal this Wednesday and I was going to record some interviews then including one with the award winning Ian Waits but we had a new person come along so um that seemed like more more important just to see have the conversations and make a new person feel welcome 
And rather than go, right, that's all the critiquing out the way, let's get on with some interviews. So they, they are coming. It's more likely that you're going to hear the interviews I do at Bristol.com first. So there's only really one big thing I've been up to this week, and that was a gig on Saturday night for the cancer awareness charity Breast Friends, which was awesome. But I was having to give myself up quite a bit for that because, like I was saying, I haven't been very well this week. And um, I went to town with Neil. I think I was I was having a little bit of a, a mope traipsing around the shops a little bit. While I was there, I went to the lovely St Giles Street and there's a shop there called Mooch. And I had seen these before and stared at them and wanted them. And they, they were these uh, water bottles by a brand called Chili. And they have like Emma Bridge water designs and they're like stainless steel. Um, some of them are like matte and some of them are glossy. Some of them have got quirky pictures on them. And I was coveting this water bottle. So I ended up choosing one that I'd looked at in the first place, which is a, a lovely pastel pink one covered with little avocados. Because I think maybe that's probably better than for the environment is me having a water bottle with avocados on than eating avocados. And of course I've got to drink a lot of water, so hey, nice water bottle to drink out of now. Neil was on the hunt for a leather coat because he's been watching a lot of Life on Mars lately because it's all on iPlayer again. And we went to Vintage Guru, which is at the top of St Giles Street, and it's a, a lovely two-floor labyrinthine palace of giftware and vintage things and second-hand things and it is all kinds of lovely and he found the jacket of his dreams there and we went to buy it and then we also found the cloak of my dreams and it was a beautiful long floor-length purple coat from the 60s or 70s with a kind of little floral trim along the neckline and like these big coat buttons on it and it's kind of like a heavy cotton so quite light really so maybe not a wintry cloak i'm wearing a wintry cloak at the moment you know it is the season of goth after all but this this beautiful floor length purple cloak was just so beautiful it basically jumped off the hanger at me and everyone around the shop went oh my god we didn't even notice that was there and then one of the assistants, who I gather he's called Matthew, said, oh, um, the thing about that is that it is called, the label on it says Merry Down Vintage, and that is because that and a few of the pieces around the store are all called Merry Down because they come from Merry Down and they were donated by an actress who went into a retirement home and before she went there, she wanted to uh, offload her professional wardrobe but she just wanted to make sure that they went somewhere nice, somewhere they would be appreciated. And what better than a vintage shop in Pride of Place so that somebody coming along looking for particular things would come along and find it. And I found it. And since then we've been wondering, who, who is that actress? It's a lovely mystery, isn't it? And the thing is, the people at the shop must know, but they're not letting on. So the owner of the shop, or one of the people who runs the shop, is Julie Techman. And she is the sister of Pete Techman, another comedian from Northampton, and the guy who had booked me on Saturday night to do my, my charity gig. So even he was has been asking, who who is this this mysterious actress? They're not telling him. Nobody is telling me. So I'm gonna to have to guess. 
and I, I, I thought I would ask Google. And I put it in and immediately a picture of an actress appeared and the actress was Pamela Franklin. So Pamela Franklin was not the actress who owned this cloak. I can tell you that for sure, but her face looked out at me from the internet and I thought, I know you. You were the cool kid in the prime of Miss Jean Brodie. <laughs> and now you're an, you're an older lady. <laughs> you're 69. And it said that she was doing something because she was going to run a celebrity bookshop somewhere. I thought, maybe that's it. Maybe she didn't retire to a retirement home, but she retired from acting to run this bookshop somewhere. But then I looked and it said LA, so it's unlikely. But I, th but I thought, yes, that is the type of actress, I think, that this cloak belonged to somebody very stylish somebody who could probably carry a purple cloak a bit better than me but I am going to try nonetheless I think I'm going to swan round Bristol Con in it so I had the impression that Merrydown might be the name of the village where she lived because there's one in Harlech in Wales and there's another one somewhere else but there's also a retirement home in London called Merrydown and I don't know. I would rather it was somewhere kind of like in the countryside, kind of quaint. I don't know why. That's kind of making me feel a little bit sad. Of course, she might just have liked the cider very much, but your guess is as good as mine. Oh, is she? So about my gig on Saturday, oh, it went so well. It was really, really, really good. And it was held in this club in Northampton that I'd gone past a few times. It's sort of not just round the corner from 78 Derngate, the um, house that was designed by Charles Rennie Mackintosh. Oh, if you've ever been there, it's hilarious. There's there's a room in there that uh, is kind of like decorated in black and green stripes all over. And it's a very busy room. And once George Bernard Shaw went to stay there and the owner of the house, the lady of the house, she said to him, Oh, I do hope you'll be able to sleep in here. It is rather busy. And he replied something like, Never fear, madam, for when I am asleep, I always close my eyes. Something like that. Oh, the wit. The wit of George Bernard Shaw. Oh, by the way, go on Wikipedia and look him up, because you know what he looks like. You're picturing him now. George Bernard Shaw, big beard. There's a picture of him on there with no beard. Weird chin. Isn't that what they always have under the beard? A weird chin. Honestly, go and look it up. But anyway, the club is round the corner from 78 Derngate. And it's such a pretty building. But you go inside. Oh my life, it's so pretty. It is the most elaborate Victorian hall with the beautiful tiles and then you can see a staircase sweeping up with like finials like chess pieces on on the ba on the balustrades and it's not a club like the kind of club that I would go to when I was a kid with my family that was a working men's club now this is a, a club club for private members so you can go and join and then go and drink in the private members bar and it's all oh, lovely, very swish. And it's got upstairs, the ladies, is a powder room. 
Or you knew you were somewhere posh when you had a powder room in a building. I always remember Beatties in Wolverhampton had a powder room. And that was just a little bit too posh for us. <laughs> Actually, it's been young since I've been in Beatties in Wolverhampton. Does it still have a powder room? Answer in a postcard, please. So yeah, beautiful posh club. And the room um, in which I performed, it was like really full, full of people, of all sorts of people. And, you know, you get one of those, you get those gigs where before you even start, you know you're going to have a good night because the mix of people look so jolly and friendly. And there's all sorts, you go, you know, very much a 50-50 crowd. Except it's not 50-50, it's slightly more women than men. And, you know, that's natural because it's... Um, a breast cancer awareness charity that's hosting the do and it was arranged by this wonderful woman called Mandy Orton and she's run these events before and she's interested Pete to get a good lineup so he's got me fingers crossed me he's got Karen Bailey to headline and he's got Annette Fagan to start I mean what a dream team yay and we all had a smashing gig I went into that gig with a huge weight of emotions, not only because I was feeling a little bit under the weather and the nerves, but also um, Annette Fagan, who was playing, oh, what can I say? She's an absolute heroine. She's such a warrior. This week we lost a legend of comedy in the Midlands in the shape of her sister, Joanne Fagan. So, yeah, Joanne passed away on Thursday and... Um, I have to say, she was awesome. She was very supportive of me when I first started a decade ago. And, you know, said lovely things to me. And, like I said, I've, I've gigged more often with Annette, that's for sure. But fresh from, from this, she, she put on such a brave face. And she got up there and she absolutely wowed that crowd. Absolutely wowed that crowd. They loved her. So I just couldn't help but just cheer her on and... You know, my heart was going out to her as well, but she's so strong. Such a strong woman. And then Karen, she was amazing too. We all had great gigs. Myself and Karen both talked about health issues on stage. It seemed the right audience to sort of like do a bit of sharing, I think. What can I say though? I got a bit overwhelmed in the end. I think it was the gig of my dreams. I just don't... I'm still pinching myself really. But so lovely and worthy. And then afterwards, I bought one of the calendars from the charity as well. Because they've done this these calendars for next year. Calendar Girls, it's called. And they've taken that whole concept. If you've seen the film with Julie Walters and Helen Mirren, uh, that was based on a true story about these women from a WI who had gone and put a, a nudie calendar, or, you know, you know, a tasteful nude calendar together to raise money for the hospital so that... Um, one of their husbands could get better treatment and they were in better facilities because I think they were trying to replace a sofa that was there it was very uncomfortable from what I remember from the film but they, in this calendar the calendar girls are the breast friends themselves women who have experienced breast cancer and they are proud and beautiful and posing in some very humorous situations and it's a really fab calendar. I'm going to take it to work. I'll put it up at my desk. <laughs> it's been done really well. I was just so honoured to have so many people come up to me afterwards and say that they'd enjoyed the gig. And also, um, I, 
a woman came up to me who I sort of recognised. I'd passed her a couple of times. But then we began speaking and I realised that I'd met her at Christmas and she runs a Neil's Yard stand and a Neil's Yard site as part of the you know, the Neil's Yard stuff. And I'd been arranging to have her come to my house to do a facial. Only I'd asked her, can, you, can we do something else? Because my husband had just come off his motorbike and you know he was at home going out on the sofa a lot and stuff was everywhere so my house was a real tip <laughs> I mean if you've seen my house you know it's a tip but it was a real tip and she said oh actually I've got cancer so I'm gonna have to sort of like not do the facials anymore but feel free to keep on buying through the website so that was you know back in January and I've seen her again she's come out the other side from from chemotherapy and you know she's got short hair now but she's she's looking amazing and it was just lovely to see her anyway rather than me witter on about this I'm gonna plug in now an interview with Mandy Orton of Breast Friends so that you can hear what she has to say all about that organization Right, so I am here at the end of the Breast Friends Charity Comedy Night and I'm here with the organiser, Mandy. Hello, Mandy. Hello, Donna. Nice <laughs> to meet you. Thank you for a great show. Really enjoyed it. It's been fantastic. Oh, I've enjoyed doing it. It's been brilliant. And what I was quite surprised by was the number of people here who in the audience who have been affected by breast cancer have just come out and, and they're supporting this charity. I know, it's fantastic. I mean, most of the ladies here were actually in our charity calendar, our calendar girls style calendar. And I've got Jen over here who was, was also involved and it's just been phenomenal. We've absolutely loved every minute of it. And hopefully, it's, it's not about the calendar, it's not about us, it's about raising awareness for future women that may well develop a breast, might well discover a breast lump and be in fearful of what that might mean. And what we wanted to do is raise awareness for, for women so that they check more often, so that hopefully early detection is the key. Because if you detect it early, then the survival rates are better. But not only that, it's to show that after breast cancer, you can still enjoy life. And, um, and obviously, you can still laugh. You might cry occasionally, but you can still laugh. And breast cancer doesn't define us. We are women and we love each other, we support each other. So from that point of view, Breast Friends has just been amazing. And without that support, um, I don't know what we would have done, to be fair, because be speaking to people that know how it feels to get that diagnosis. We don't think we're special, we don't want to be special, but we just want to be able to share that with other women that might be newly diagnosed, that are frightened and scared, and they can see that life does go on after a breast cancer diagnosis. Yeah, it's been an absolutely brilliant night. Thank you. Um, oh, Annette was amazing. Karen was amazing. Pete was Pete was Pete was Pete. Every, everybody's <laughs> been amazing. I yeah. love. I mean, this is what it's all about, and it's. We don't necessarily want to single out the men because obviously Pete is our honorary male, but obviously, female comedians basically sometimes are criticised and told that they're not as funny as men, but actually that's not the case as tonight has proved that you know the female comedians tonight are hilarious the room was just you know everyone was laughing everybody enjoyed it and that's what we wanted everybody to have fun and you know 
if ever I do another comedy night, it will only ever be with female comedians and Pete, our compere, because we're, we're, we're allowing him into our club, basically. He's allowed. Well, it's been a buzzing night. Um, so um, have you got any other events um, lined up for Breast Friends? There, I mean, we're always doing events. We're always doing events for women. These are small events that we're always going on wellness walks, um, social events and things like that. There's not a big fundraising event like this, although watch this space because after ca our calendar, we're thinking of doing something like a full Monty. So, oh my gosh. So although this is just in talks at the minute, but you know, we've done this bit, so why not? Um, so who knows what, what the next venture might be. So certainly watch this space. Awesome. I'm going to say as well, I'm looking at the calendar. I bought the calendar because not only is it for a good cause, but it's a flipping amazing calendar. It is, yeah. The photos are brilliant. And well, that's courtesy of Lou Boileau, who is a professional photographer. And he's, he's, unfortunately, he would have been here, but he's on a shoot currently um, today. Um, and that's, that's the thing. I mean, he's done lots of work and we, we were honoured to have him as our photographer. Thanks to Joe Mefter, who just went to college with him. Um, years ago and has remained friends and I was I couldn't believe when she said he was the photographer that was going to do it for us and at no we didn't pay him he did it all for free which is just amazing because he put in so much work this is amazing work so like for, for anybody listening to this how can they support this charity what they can go on our website which is www.breastfriendsnorthampton.org um, or just Google Breast Friends and you'll find us. You can donate, you can buy a calendar, all online, and there's lots of information about what the charity is, who it supports, what we do. So it, it's fantastic. Just go on, go on to our website. Okay, thank you so much, Mandy. It's been thank brilliant. You, thank you. Yeah, so this is going to be my final week of doing Newsjack things for you. No more Newsjack until February. What are we going to do? I'm already totally bereft. So, yeah, I tried. I failed this week again. God knows why my stuff is awesome. Seriously. I say awesome. You know what I mean. <laughs> I mean, a word that isn't awesome, but also begins with A. Adequate. My stuff is adequate. So, here is the last of my Newsjack one-liners, which I shall go into. And I'll explain my writing process. My writing process did change this week. I... I got the metro and I did spider diagrams all over it and one of the jokes that resulted from this um, from my online community one guy said he didn't understand it and another guy hailed it as genius basically saying that it's worthy of the top comedians there we go that is diamond marmite so breaking news Transport Union General Secretary Manuel Cortes has said that anything less than renationalising our railways is just tinkering at the edges. This is still not as bad as tinkering while the train is in the station. Jodie Comer has signed up to star in another two seasons of Killing Eve, so expect another two drama series to be gruesomely murdered as the BBC have taken out a contract. Police dogs in Gwent are being given their own collar numbers as a mark of appreciation for their service. Only 20 collar numbers are being issued, but it's not known whether they will roll over. And now time for my good week, bad weeks. It's been a bad week for slow walkers over the age of 45, 
as scientists have found that the slower you walk, the faster you age. It's also been a bad week for fast walkers over the age of 45, because they just really need to pee. It's been a good week for stars of Martin Scorsese's The Irishman, who have been made to look younger using CGI. It's been a bad week for a local mum who can do this for $5, as dermatologists hate her. It's been a bad week for Piers Morgan after an online petition was launched trying to get him sacked from Good Morning Britain. It's been a good week for Piers Morgan, as this apparently makes him the news. And now, for the sketch. It's that time of year when you go into the high street of your town and see all the shop windows full of cobwebs and signs saying R.I.P. No, it's not Halloween. The high street is just dead. Only kidding, it is nearly Halloween. Or as the goths call it, goth Christmas. People say that it's getting too Americanized and commercial, but I love the celebration of all things spooky. Anyway, us Brits are made of stronger stuff. I don't think Halloween-themed things can really scare us, can they? Kiri, here's your coffee. I'm really sorry. They wouldn't give me ordinary flat white. You mean it's... Pumpkin spiced. Ah! The horror, the horror! On with the sketch! (laughs) I'm Dr. Scary, and now, coming to a field outside Northampton, home of all things goth, and Alan Carr. It's Dr. Scary's Fright Night Halloween Extravaganza! (laughs) We have four incredibly scary mazes designed to send chills down the steeliest of British spines. Maze one, take a harrowing journey down this terrifying maze full of grotesque horror characters. It's Nigel Farage! And with more and more awful things appearing at every twist and turn, a maze that seems to go on forever. Yes, it's the No Deal Brexit maze! Ah! Medicine shortages! Job losses! The pound fell so fast it nearly landed on my head! Now I see a sign saying there will be adequate food! What does it mean? <laughs> If that's not creepy enough for you, how about Maze 2, Killer Clowns, where your worst nightmares really have come to... I'm the President of the United Kingdom. Not President. What is it? King! King Boris! That's it! It's really dark in here, isn't it? Is that your leg or mine? Oh, I think that was me. And if you thought that was shocking, our third maze is a creepy Victorian nursery called Nanny Knows Best. (laughs) I do know best. I'm the Chief Medical Officer for Public Health England, and I want to ban everything you like. Just call me Scary Poppins. Just a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. No, it doesn't. I'm adding a sugar tax. (laughs) Feed the birds? Not on public transport, Sonny. They'll all get fat, 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 fat. (laughs) Now, what's that drink you've got in your hand? Better not be one of those freak shakes. It's a latte. No, a skinny latte. (laughs) 
walk if you still can. Otherwise, run for your life through our final maze. That little girl with pigtails looks incredibly cross. You'd better believe it. That's Greta Thunberg, and this maze is called Our Planet is Literally on Fire. Ah, and she knows it's my fault because I'm holding onto a disposable cup. <laughs> Quick, if I were you, I would pass it on to one of my government aides. <laughs> no, not Boris again. Ah. Right, I'm sure when I've finished editing that, that'll sound lovely. Um, thank you very much for listening. And that's all from me this week. Come back next week for author interviews, gig reports, inspiration and more. If you've liked this, please press the little heart button, share it on Facebook, share it on Twitter, share it on Insta. I've no idea if you do that. I'm not on Insta. But if you do, that's awesome. And give it a four or five star review, if you can, on iTunes. That's the place to do them. And I'll see you again next week. This is Donna Scott, signing out. You've been listening to The Lemonade Budget for Champagne Social Butterflies with Donna Scott. Theme music was It Looks Like the Future But It Feels Like the Past by Dr Turtle.